Welcome to Southern Sisters Radio, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Here's your host, author, founder of Southern Sisters Home, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Hey everyone and welcome to the Southern Sisters Radio program. Here we are in the South on a Saturday. Yes, mm. a gorgeous Saturday. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm so grateful that springtime is here. The storms uh, were scary this week. They, were, they, were, they were frightening. Were you huddled, huddled in the basement? With the family dog. <laughs> no, I was uh, at work and they made us get in the cramped yeah. stairwell. Yeah, Really? Did yeah. they? <laughs> it was a little scary, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, for those of you that have heard me talk about Southern Sisters and our products, we, we do have a business outside of our radio show. Um, <laughs> it's uh, home items. You know, so we've got dinner napkins and table linens and beautiful pillows. And we're always running specials on our products. In fact, if you go to our website and use promo code SISTERS, you can get 30% off your purchase. But all of that to say, we actually used to have a warehouse, uh, a a, a nice big industrial looking warehouse. And we moved a few months ago to a rather quaint barn. (laughs) The barn. (laughs) The barn. Um, And it's wonderful. We love it. It's great for hanging out. You know, we got picnic tables out there and a fire pit. And it's just a full, very cool place to hang out and to do work. Right. Mm -hmm. That's where we process our orders. Um, But it's it's in a floodplain. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. Is in a floodplain. So when the storms came this week and it was flooding really badly, uh, I have a friend that lives near the barn and he took a picture and sent it to me and said, you might want to come over and check out your barn because it it was a river. It was just a river. Now, it didn't get into the barn, but it was going right next to the barn. (gasps) And the driveway is a gravel road that goes onto the barn property and it goes over a creek. Well, the driveway was completely washed. I mean, it was. Yeah, Dixie and I got in the car and drove over to the barn and we parked on the edge of the road and just stood there, you know, in our rain boots. (laughs) Yet Dixie has rain boots too. Does she? No. Oh, that'd be so I could imagine the little cute, rain though, boots on her. <laughs> She's so adorable. So we just stood there and I'm like, should we cross? You know, you need to be careful with things like that. You know, if you've got rushing water going over a street or something, it mm. may not look like it's deep or it may not look like it's very rough. It but is. The currents can be very, sw- they can just take your feet right out from under oh, you yeah. and sweep you off. You know, <sighs> I wasn't worried about myself so much. I was more concerned that little sweet thing, Dixie, we'll my Australian shepherd, would get swept away. So mm. we just watched from afar. And then when the water subsided, we went and checked it out, and the barn was fine. Well, good. So very good. Crisis averted. But yeah, it's been crazy this Ooh, week. Very, very stormy and very. I hope everybody's safe and safe and sound. And uh, let's get on to some nice spring weather, which Yay. is what I want. Yes. Now you know what is coming up. We are two weeks out, folks, from the first ever uh, Penners Conference here in Atlanta. That's it, exciting. Mm-hmm, it's the Georgia. Pinners Conference. Mm-hmm. They are held all over the country. This is the first one in Georgia. It's going to be April 21st and 22nd at the Cobb Galleria. Everything that you love about Pinterest. And I know, Nick, you love Pinterest. So I'm not going to lie. <laughs> there have been some times I have consulted Pinterest uh, yeah. on uh, some ideas for things around the house. Mm-hmm. So, you know. It's not bad. A lot of D- <laughs> DIY stuff on there. That's absolutely. Right? A lot of project ideas. It's not mm-hmm. just cooking and pretty stuff. It's uh, manly stuff, too. There's, <laughs> There's some manly like stuff. There's some car stuff related with Pinterest as it's well. It's very so cool. Mm-hmm. So that's where, guys, that's what we're going to be two weeks from two weeks from this weekend. Um, we're going to be doing uh, Pinterest. We're going to be broadcasting the show or doing, I should say, a live recording of mm-hmm. the Southern Sisters show from the floor of the Pinterest Conference. 
Uh, we're expecting about 12,000 people. That's going to be a blast. Yes. And I think there are still a few spots uh, left in my chocolate class that I'll be teaching there. So if you want to go to pinnersconference.com and sign up for my chocolate class, which is Saturday at, I believe, 2 o'clock. Jenny Earhart, the class is Eat More Chocolate. Uh, we have room for 250 people in there. You can go in and sign up. Um, use promo code Jenny, G-I-N-N-Y, to get 10% off my class. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so go to the Pinners Conference mm-hmm. website, and, and, and code Jenny gets you 10% off on, on the class ticket. Uh-huh. You can also check out southernsistershome.com yes. with code SISTERS. For 30% off stuff there. Yes. Are you giving away any more free or, or discounted stuff today, Jenny? I, I am going to give away some free and discounted stuff. As a matter of fact, we are going to give away today to two lucky listeners. You're going to get two separate two-class punch passes, meaning they sell the classes. You can buy them individually or in sets of two. And so I've got a two-class punch pass, which gives you admission to two of the Penner's classes. Very nice. Right? I think they all run about an hour. Every kind of class you can imagine. There is something for everybody at this conference. But anyway, I'm going to give away two of those two class punch passes awesome. today. What should we make them do? Hmm. I don't hmm. know. Uh, I, think, I think a whole lot of nothing okay. other than other than email me. There okay. You go. So that the first easy. first two folks to email me at radio at southernsistershome.com, you will get two, two class, or you will get each person will get one two class punch pass. Perfect. It's a lot of numbers there. Am I making That's awesome. sense? Yes. Okay. Right. That's awesome. There you go. How about Heck that? Yeah. Just just send an email. We like to you get things away. Make it, you always mm. make it almost too easy, Jenny. I know. Well, you know what? I get kind of annoyed by people that make you jump through hoops and do all <laughs> kinds of crazy things. Absolutely. Although I do have a little bit of trivia we could talk about later that might Ooh, be kind of fun. Okay. Yeah, we're going to talk about that later. So, guys, uh, heads up. Just remember to keep an eye out for the Pinners Conference. Uh, you can learn more about it at PinnersConference.com. I received a thank you note this week, Nick. Really? I did. It was a lovely thank you note from a friend for a gift that I had given her. Mm. And it got me to thinking about just the the art of thank you notes here in the South. A lot of good Southern mothers raised their daughters and their sons uh, to write thank you notes. Yes. And sadly, it's something that we kind of have gotten away from. Mm-hmm. But if you ever receive a handwritten thank you note, it makes you stop and say, oh, wow, that is so nice that this person took the time to, to handwrite yeah, a thank you note. Especially in this day and age where you can just, what, shoot a text or an email or a Facebook post about it. Right. Yeah, it really took some time and effort to buy the card, to, write the card, to put to it in an envelope, mail it. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here, you know, this is a judgment-free zone here on the Southern Sisters Radio Show. We understand these are different times, and different times sometimes call for different levels of technology. So in the absence of a handwritten thank you note, I suppose a text or an email is okay. It's better than nothing. Yeah, right? Absolutely. But folks, to sit down and write a handwritten note, I'm telling you, it, a thank you note is a tangible experience. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Um, you know, what do you do when you see an envelope that isn't a bill or a pre-approved credit card in your mailbox? <laughs> you get excited, right? You smile. You enjoy the feel of the, uh, shall we say, unincorporated envelope and the handwritten address. Then you open it and what? You smile again because mm-hmm. someone thought enough to do that. You know what makes a quality thank you note? Here's a couple of quick little guidelines. Okay. Um, a quality thank you note should read... Definitely, you want to say dear to the person's first name, Mm -hmm. right? So, dear Nick, right? You want to first give an expression of your gratitude for either the gift that you received or maybe the show of kindness that was given to Mm -hmm. you. It may not always be that you're thanking someone for a physical gift. It might be something that they did for you, right? They brought you a meal 
after you had a baby Shut or something up to like a that. Special event you had or something. Absolutely, that's a that's great biggie. That's a great, great one. Yes. So you want to r- remind them and express your gratitude for that. Also, the ne- and the next thing you should probably do is let them know how useful it is, or how you felt about it, or how it made you feel when they did that. Mm. Right. You're bringing it home to them, and then it's always nice to even make a little mention of the future, like when you'll be seeing each other again and how great it'll be to see you again, or how I'm looking forward to using this gift at some future event. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Okay? And then and then close out your thank you note with just another brief expression of your appreciation. You know, closing salutations, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's a simple thing, you know? It's not that difficult. It's, but it's not. a big statement. I You're love it. absolutely right. Yeah, thank you notes are, have been a little bit of a dying art here in the South. But Unfortunately. I, I say let's revive it just a little bit. Yeah. You know, another little bit fun piece of trivia, or not trivia, but just sort of a little point of interest. Mm. Do you know that they are making a, a sequel to Mary Poppins? Do what? I saw this on the news this really? week. Yes, Emily Blunt is going to play Emily uh, Mary Poppins. It's not going to be out until Christmas of 2018. Oh, wow. So my goodness, it's like a year and a half away. But do, oh, my word, a I am sequel. so... It is called Mary Poppins Returns. Oh. It is going to be phenomenal. It's set in like Depression-era London. A now grown-up Jane and Michael Banks, who were the two children from uh-huh. the original movie, along with Michael's three children, they are visited by the enigmatic Mary Poppins. How about that? (laughs) And through her unique magical skills and with the aid of her friend Jack, she helps the family sort of rediscover joy and wonder. That's awesome. Sign me up. Dick Van Dyke's going to be back in it. Oh, perfect. Angela Lansbury. Colin Firth is going to be in it. And Meryl Streep. Yep. I'm going. Oh, yeah. Mm. Guys, we're glad you're here with us for the Southern Sisters show. Hang on. We got the food segment coming up. We'll be right back. Sit up straight, Kate. It's time to eat, Pete. Have a banana, Hannah. Try the salami, Tommy. Get with the gravy, Davy. Everybody eats when they come to my house. And welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. We're in the food segment now. Yay. Quite frankly, we could do four food segments and I'd be happy. Uh, yeah, I know. You know? We could do two hours of food, probably. Know. Well, we probably could, right? I mean, think about it. You eat three times a day plus snacks. Lots of snacks. Or, or in my case, <laughs> at least two meals of chocolate before lunch. Of course. Tiny adult starts their day, right? I know. I know. But just, you know, like I've mentioned it before, my children tell me the older I get, the more I talk about food, right? Because there's always something to talk about. And when you've had a really good meal, don't you like to share it? You like to talk about it, Absolutely. tell people about it? And what, my generation loves to what, snap it and put it on Instagram and you stuff? You guys do. I, me, not so much. You don't do that so other much. people my age a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not? I do that. Every now and then, if something exciting is happening in the kitchen, I'll press record and I'll video. I was yeah. I was cooking some cranberries last Christmas time. And, you know, when you put them in the water and when they first start to pop, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that you, once mm-hmm. you boil them, they start popping and open. It was just so exciting. <laughs> so I whipped out my camera and was, was recording that. Nice. So I'll do that from time to time. Or when things are bubbling on the stove, I like to record that yeah. too. You know what? Uh, when it comes to food, and many of you probably feel the way I do about it, because if you live in the South, you're probably obsessed Obsessed with food the way I am. And you may sometimes find yourself sitting around and contemplating the great mysteries of the culinary world. And I've got a big one today. Mm. How about this? Salt. 
salt. What about salt? Okay, so what what I'm trying to to get here is there are different types of salt, and have you ever wondered what the difference was between them? We've got table salt, right? Yeah. We've got kosher salt. Hmm. We've got sea salt. True. You got Himalayan pink salt. I mean, there's yeah. There is really Epsom no Epsom salt. Don't cook with that. Got Epsom salt? No, that's good for sore <laughs> muscles, though. Excellent for sore muscles. But do you know what the difference between kosher salt table and sea salt is? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't think there's many people out there that do. Mm. I think we all know that there's some difference in texture with them, but it goes a little beyond that. Salt is probably the most important weapon in a chef's or home cook's arsenal Mm -hmm. after a good knife. Give me me some good salt and a good knife and you can do just about about anything. Okay. Now, so it's worth setting the record straight about what's going on with salt. Now, though the chemical makeup of these three commonly used salts is the same, the texture and density differs, and it does matter. Okay? okay. So here's what you need to know. Table salt. What is it? Okay. Table salt consists of fine, evenly shaped crystals, which makes it denser than the other salts. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So a teaspoon of table salt is going to actually have more salt than a teaspoon of coarse salt or oh. kosher salt or sea salt. See? Okay. Okay. Because it's got smaller pieces, so it's denser. It typically is typically mined from salt deposits underground and may also contain anti-clumping agents such as calcium silicate. Oh, okay. All right. Typically don't like things that have a lot of extra names in them, but (laughs) there's a place for table salt. Now, when do you use it? As the name implies, it's good for keeping out on the table for last minute seasoning. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's also good for salting pasta water, which by the way, I highly recommend. Oh yeah. You need to do that. Salt that pasta water. It just improves the taste of the pasta so much. Um, or for seasoning soups, that sort of thing. Okay. There's your table salt. All right. Now, so if like you're the like fine sandy, yeah, salt. The Morton, right. you know, in the navy blue oh, canister, yeah, the, the kindly grew up umbrella. On. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Now, kosher salt. What is it? Kosher salt is less refined than table salt. Its larger flakes don't compact together as neatly, so a pinch is a little coarser and also not as dense. When do you use it? Kosher salt is the most versatile. I, this is almost exclusively what I use. Mm, I love okay. it. I keep it on. I keep it on the table. I keep it next to the stove. Okay. Um, when do you use it? Um, it's great for seasoning before, during, and after cooking. It's especially good for seasoning meat before cooking. Okay. Okay. I got to tell you, I got a good husband. He came home last night and surprised me with a package of gorgeous beef tenderloins. Ooh. Yes. Costco. What? Costco. Nice. Okay, I love the meat section at Costco. I have to say, I've really never been disappointed in the, with the meats at huh. Costco. But he came home uh, with this massive package of beef tenderloins for a fraction of the cost of what I would have spent at my local Grocer. specialty grocery store. <laughs> we won't name any names. I was so excited. I mean, what does it say when that's what excites me as my husband brings me home a piece of, you know, beef? <laughs> that's, is the romance it gone? Goes to- I don't know. It just goes to prove that food is that important. I know. Right? So we had the greatest meal last night. Nice. We seasoned. But anyway, back to the, I digress. I'm talking about food again. <laughs> but what I did was I took those little tenderloins. I salted them up good with kosher salt mm. and some cracked black pepper. I actually found some smoked black pepper that was amazing. Ooh. Did that pan seared them in an iron skillet. Right, seared them on all, well, actually on both sides and on the side, uh, both the top and the bottom and the sides. Okay, right, they were very thick, so they weren't done yet. Yeah. So what I did was I drizzled a little olive oil. I threw in some onions and little, little beautiful little heirloom cherry tomatoes, yeah. and popped it into the oven. Finished it off in the oven. Ooh. Okay, so you can sear it on the stove and finish it in the oven. It was amazing. That sounds good. Once again, kosher salt. 
Okay. A cook's best friend. Now, sea salt. Sea salt undergoes the least amount of processing. The flakes are collected from evaporated seawater and may contain residual minerals that could alter the color. So don't be alarmed if your sea salt is it's a different, is a not A little brown. White. That's Could what be. I've seen before. If your sea salt's a little brown, it's okay. It's, it's okay. just sea salt. It's, yeah, so probably there's the minerals, right? The unevenly shaped flakes don't stack up evenly and create less a less dense pinch. Okay. So a pinch of table salt is different than a pinch of sea salt. How about that? Hmm. So okay. it's the more rocky yes. kind of salt. Yes. All right. And we've got an interesting segue now. Speaking of <laughs> salt, <laughs> which is what we've been doing, do you know what this month is? Um, well, it's April. It's I April. I know that. Mm-hmm. We know but... April brings showers. Did you know that it's also n- National Soft Pretzel Month? I did not, but I can get behind that. Right? I love me a big hot pretzel. Oh, I'm oh, telling you. Yes. You know, when you see them at the airport or in the mall? Mm-hmm. Hello. Yeah, that uh, that one stand with mm-hmm. the blue letters, I yeah. won't say them, mm-hmm. they get too much of my money, probably. Uh, they're wonderful. <laughs> they're, aren't they good? So good. There's something about salt and the bread. Guess what, though? Since it's National Soft Pretzel Month, we are going to give you guys a recipe for making uh, pretzels at home. This is officially called the Southern Sisters Better Than the Mall Buttery Soft Pretzels. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Are you ready, guys? If you're in the car, don't write this down. You don't need to because the recipe is going to be on the website. Remember, you can always go to southernsistershome.com, click on the blog. That's where I put the recipes every month. Right. Oh, guess what else we have to go with our soft, better than the mall buttery pretzels? What is that? We have a beer cheese dipping sauce. Oh. Yes, thank you. Choirs of angels are singing as we talk about this. Listen, guys, here's what you do, and it's not as hard as you think. In a large mixing bowl, you're going to dissolve one quarter ounce package of dry yeast, two tablespoons of brown sugar, and one and a fourth teaspoon of salt. You're going to dissolve that into one and a half cups of warm water. You're then going to stir in three cups of all-purpose flour and knead the dough on a floured surface until it's smooth and elastic. Probably about eight minutes. Mm-hmm. If you want to throw it, throw it in your mixer and put a bread hook in there and let it do the work, oh. you can do that too. But you know, I've always liked something about getting my hands in the dough. <laughs> it's good for your muscles. Feels you know like what you I'm earned saying? it. Yeah, it feels like you done, yeah, right? Absolutely. <laughs> it does. So you're going to do that. Place it then in a greased bowl. Okay. Turn it to coat. So it's got a little, put a little oil in there. Turn it to coat the, the dough. Cover and let it rise for one hour. While that's happening, you're going to combine two cups of warm water and two tablespoons of baking soda in a pan. Okay. Or in a bowl. Doesn't matter. You're going to need some baking sheets. I like to line my baking sheets with uh, parchment paper so mm. nothing sticks and the cleanup is easy. Right. So after the dough has risen, take it out, cut it into 12 pieces. Roll each piece into a two-foot rope. Okay, this is the fun part. It's like Play-Doh, right? You know how you roll Play-Doh? You just roll it and roll it and roll it, you know, (laughs) back and forth with your flat hands. Until it gets kind of, you know, like a tube. Yeah, like a tube into about two feet. You're then going to twist each pretzel, each piece of uh, two-foot length of pretzel dough into a pretzel shape. Typically, you make a U out of the dough Mm -hmm. and then take the two ends, crisscross them, and bring them around the sides and tuck them up underneath. Okay. Play around with it. All right, yeah. You want to make a different shape? The pretzel police are not going to come knock on your door. (laughs) Got it? So after the dough is risen, you do that, and you you twist everything into, so you have a total of 12 pretzels. You're then going to take each twisted pretzel dough and dip it into the baking soda solution. Mm right into that water, lift it out, place it on the baking sheet, let it rise for 15 to 20 minutes, pop it into a 450 degree oven, right? Bake it for about eight to 10 minutes until it's golden brown. Here comes the fun. Brush it with a little melted butter, Mm -hmm. sprinkle it with 
Kosher salt. Kosher salt. Do you like how we brought that back around? Yeah. I there like to go. eat them while they're still warm out of the oven. Yeah. Beer cheese dipping sauce, guys. This is the, oh, this is just the icing on the cake, so to speak, right? You're going to melt two tablespoons of butter in a saucepan over low heat and slowly add three tablespoons of flour, stirring consistently until it's combined. Slowly add one half cup of milk and keep stirring until the mixture thickens. Pour in a half a cup of beer. And bring mm-hmm. the mixture to a slow simmer, stirring constantly. You're then going to add one tablespoon of yellow mustard and a half a teaspoon of salt. Then two and a half cups of grated cheddar cheese. Mm. Just stir it all around until it's all melty and golden and blub- bubbly. Put that in a little dish next to your pretzel. Dip it and hello. Ta-da! Happy National Soft Pretzel Month. Standing. Mm. I can barely talk. I'm just like anticipating (laughs) this pretzel, pretzel, right? Guys, that's it. Happy National Soft Pretzel Month, and we'll be right back. Oh, do have a bagel, bagel. Now, don't be so bashful, Nashville. Everybody eats when they Welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. Are you feeling a little under pressure? Uh, sometimes, Jenny. Yeah. Sometimes more than others. Yeah, right? I think David Bowie and uh, Freddie Mercury were feeling a little, little stress. I think they were. It's a great song from the 80s. Yes. Yeah, it is. Well, guys, in terms of stress, you've either been through it, you're going through it, or you're going to go through it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like death and taxes. There will be stress in your life. <laughs> yes. Right? It's guaranteed. It's guaranteed. The only thing that's not guaranteed is how you handle it. Mm-hmm. Right? You often hear that. You can't avoid bad things happening to you. You can't avoid the stresses that are inevitable. And let me tell you, if you're a parent, particularly. Right? There's a lot of them. <laughs> the, kids, the kids bring along a little bit of stress. <laughs> There's the we two- still love you. <laughs> we do. We Sometimes. do. But there's like the two-year-old stress, you know, yeah. where you're just worried they're going to like, you know, stick some tweezers in the outlet, right? <laughs> and then there's like the 10-year-old stress where you're, <laughs> you know, you're afraid that they're going to, I don't know. Don't don't jump that ramp you made out of, out of old plywood <laughs> and a stump. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> you know, and then there's the, you know, the 22-year-old stress, <sighs> right? I got I got twenty year old daughters, so there's uh, there's that stress. <laughs> Mostly joy, though I have to tell you. Mostly joy, guys. You know, stress really is just a part of life. We experience many events, both in the environment and within ourselves, mm. right? That naturally put stress on the body. These stressors require the body to react and adjust emotionally. Mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. This is a very real thing. Okay. The human body is uniquely designed to both experience and react to stress. Mm. Stress can take two forms. Eustress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S, which is positive, and distress, which is negative. Mm. Now, distress becomes very problematic when we are continuously exposed to negative stress without sufficient relaxation or relief. Mm. Okay? So over a period of time, stress, tension, and other physical and mental symptoms often manifest as a result of stress. Yes. Right? So it's not whether you're going to have it. It's how you're going to handle it. Mm -hmm. And that's what you are in control of. Yes. Okay? In a world when we're in control of so little, this you can control. (laughs) Now, to understand just how important it is for us to learn how to deal with stress in our life, consider these statistics. Nearly 75% of all doctor's visits are stress-related. 
Really? Now, they, they may be for physical reasons, but those reasons can be linked and affected by stress. Huh. Heart issues, digestive issues. That is true. All kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Right? Heart palpitations. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration, otherwise known as OSHA, OSHA. estimates that workplace-related stress costs industries over $300 billion per year. Oh, my gosh. Right? Wow. I'm, I'm thinking a lot of that is missed work due to stress-related. I mean, how many people listening to the show have, have taken a quote-unquote mental health day? Oh, I got yeah. the stomach bug or whatever. You tell right. your boss, but really it's just, listen, I just don't feel like doing this I today. just need a down day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's usually the day when I, you know, go through the Zaxby's drive through and binge watch Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Perfect. That's how I deal with it. <laughs> You'd be amazed what good that does for me. Just to hey. hunker down, no makeup, hair in a ponytail, warm-up pants, I got the dog on the sofa. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think that's the thing. You got to find out no. what that is for you. You find your thing. Find your, your thing Gilmore Girls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheap too. Right. It's cheaper than a massage too. Yeah. And also, guys, chronic and unaddressed stress reactions create over fifty percent of all emotional disorders. Mm. You know, I was actually talking to my daughter recently, who is an emergency room nurse at a local big Atlanta hospital. Mm-hmm. And she, I asked her, I was, we were talking about eating disorders and I said, do you, do you see much of that in the ER? And she says, oh, we do. We do. She says, those are always, you know, typically classified as, um, psychological patients, psychiatric patients, because even though it it, it has obvious physical symptoms. Uh, eating disorders, it is considered an emotional disorder. It's caused by yes, mental. Yes, caused by mental yeah. issues, exactly. Um, over 40% of all adults experience adverse health effects because of stress. If you've ever had a tension migraine, mm-hmm. could be related to stress. A lot of folks have um, even even stomach issues as related to stress. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, you got a friend that's got Tums in her, in her purse. All the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It could be. Stress has also been linked with health problems such as anxiety, arthritis, asthma, depression, diabetes, headaches, heart problems, high blood pressure, and even skin disorders. Wow. How about that? That's crazy. I have a friend that has a literal physical reaction to stress when she gets nervous and upset. Her nose starts running. It's almost like hay fever. Oh, She wow. gets itchy on her neck. Her neck will turn red. Um, her nose will run, her eyes will get, she'll just be rubbing at her eyes Yeah. and then, you know, and then it'll pass as quickly as it came. It's wow. very unusual. That's weird. Yeah. I've never seen anything quite like it, but it goes to show you guys, your physical symptoms can sometimes be relinked to stress. How about wow. that? Now, um, to be succinct about the dangers of stress, it can be deadly. So it's important that we understand how to deal with it. Stress causes a myriad of problems. And while we'll never be completely immune to stress's effects, we can effectively learn to lessen these effects. Okay. We do so by making some simple lifestyle changes. Mm. And guess what? Southern Sisters are here to share some with you. About to enlighten you. Yes. Right? Help your heart. I could have <laughs> in more ways than one. I know. <laughs> See, I could have used some of these actually in in Atlanta traffic this morning. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, that's that's one of my stress triggers. No <sighs> question. Number one ways, guys, to stop being overstressed or to counteract the effects of stress. Believe it or not, and some of you may not want to hear this, but it's get active. Yeah. Being physically active helps to solve or alleviate. Every other type of disease or illness in existence. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's going to cure it, but exercise can alleviate the symptoms of just about every disease Absolutely. there is. You know what I'm saying? By the way, the evidence backs up this claim. This is what the Mayo Clinic has to say. It says that exercise is in almost any form can act as a stress reliever. Being active can boost your feel good endorphins and distract you from your daily worries. How about that? Mm. Yeah. It's amazing. See, that's, and that's the thing, too, everyone needs to understand, is you don't have to, like, 
get up and put on the jogging clothes and no. go out for a run. Just seriously get up. Right. Walk outside in your PJs if you want to. Yeah. I mean, probably yeah. should change into something. But go, Look, and you go know walk. I take Dixie out in the backyard in my robe all <laughs> the time. Go, but go walk around the yeah. street. Go walk around the block and yeah. come back. Go do a couple laps in your backyard yeah. with the dog. Whatever. But exactly. just kind of get moving. Get, That's get, all you get do. off the sofa. That's all you got to do. Uh, as hard move. as it is. I agree. It, you're, you're, and the evidence backs that up. How about that, guys? How about this one? Practice mindfulness. Now, being mindful doesn't require you to shave your head and relocate to a monastery. Okay? <laughs> in fact, if you were to ask a dozen or so of your friends, I bet you would find one that takes this concept seriously, okay? Now, John Kabat-Zinn developed the now widely practiced mindfulness-based stress reduction, and this is what he says. Mindfulness is awareness that arises through paying attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally. It's about knowing what's on your mind. Mm -hmm. Basically, in a nutshell, don't steep your mind in thoughts and fears of the future. Live and think intentionally about now. Mm-hmm. Now. Mm-hmm. Stop and smell the roses. You know yes. what I'm saying? I mean, I, I did that last week on the way home from the studio. I was thinking about things and thinking about the future. And at one point, a good song came on the radio. I opened the sunroof, rolled down the windows. I'm tooling down West Pace's Ferry. Mm-hmm. Just jamming. Jamming. And I was in the moment. Yes. I felt so much better. It does. It it's helps. A, it's a simple simple thing to do which is we don't always make the attempt and then to do you it. do something like that and then once you go later to address those thoughts and issues of the future yeah. you're much more calm and, and clear-minded addressing that? them yes. it works all the way around happier person yes how about this one seek human contact mm. now being sometimes in life in isolation the thoughts and the fears and the anxieties and the stresses can get worse mm. being in touch with people that we care for has a magical way of reducing a multitude of stressors just ask any mom or dad that comes home after a long hard day and is immediately greeted and embraced by their children mm-hmm. now children are not always adoring children <laughs> But we love them anyway. Yes. I had one one of my sources said, when you're greeted by your adoring children, I'm like, get real. <laughs> Sometimes you're greeted by the children and they're like, they're like, mommy, mommy, can you do blank, blank? Know, and right. Daddy, daddy, yeah. can you do this? And you're like, uh. yeah. Or worse, they're fighting and they're blaming yeah. it on the other, you know, you're having to break up a fight. But nonetheless, our kids love us. And for me, it was always a de-stressor, yes. right? How about writing down your thoughts? Now, some people kind of roll their eyes at the concept of journaling. But let me tell you, it's a great way of organizing your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, I've always felt that an organized mind is a healthy mind. True. You know what I'm saying? It's sometimes when we let our thoughts kind of spiral into chaos, we might even start thinking about sort of irrational things. You get lost. You get lost. In your own mental hysteria. And, and listen, this does not mean journaling. If you have a pad of post-its on your right. desk at work and you're just feeling down, right. scribble down the two or three things yeah. and just write them down and look at them and throw it in the trash. I know. Sometimes just writing it out makes you feel better. You're absolutely That's all you got to do. Put it down. Yeah. I have that same concept, concept with uh, writing like... Uh, if I'm unhappy about something and I want to compose a letter to somebody yeah. or a message to somebody, I'll put it in a Word doc. Yeah. <laughs> don't put it Don't put it in an email and accidentally no. press send. No. That could cause more stress <laughs> in your life. <laughs> but aside from the fact that research affirms the stress-reducing effects of keeping a journal, it's perhaps one of the best ways to unload your thoughts mm. without judgment. You know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Right? So, folks, if you're feeling a little bit of stress, there's a couple of ways you can deal with it. Another one is listening to the Southern Sisters radio program on Saturdays at 1 o'clock. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you know what? We're just all about having fun and life, living in the South and enjoying food and Southern culture. It's a stress reliever, if you it ask me. It is a big stress reliever, yeah. honestly. Anyway, guys, we are glad you're here with us. Stay tuned. We've got the Southern Narrative coming up next. Southern Days in 
Sisters Radio Show. Now, with your Southern narrative, sharing stories from around the South, here is your host, Jenny McCormick Earhart. I never thought we'd be friends. All strong friendships have chemistry, but what about those relationships that start out explosively? Liza, a resource teacher, met Miranda while back in college. She said, The campus was in disrepair, which is the kindest thing I can say. We lived in units of four rooms that shared a bath. You couldn't take a shower for more than 30 seconds before the bottom was completely filled with water. Really gross. Miranda was in a different room, but in the same unit. I surveyed my living quarters and all but went ballistic about the bathroom. Miranda heard me complaining, and she told me later that she was upset at the thought of spending the year with a whiner. She stormed around and then decided that the only way to handle this was to get with it. So Miranda went in and cleaned the bathroom, turning her anger at me into cleaning energy. When we started talking and laughing about it, we became friends. And we still are today, 20 years later. Occasionally, we discover a friend in someone to whom we had assigned a stereotype. And remarkably, stereotypes always seem to be negative. Georgia and Laurie, investment bakers at the time, nearly lost the chance to become friends when they both classified the other upon sight. Laurie retells the tale. I had just moved to New York from California and started this job where I knew no one. I was unpleasantly surprised that no one had made an effort to get to know me. When Georgia and I met at the copy machine, I saw her as a stereotypical East Coast preppy, and she pegged me as your typical Californian. Nevertheless, Georgia showed me how to use the copy machine. But best of all, she asked me out to lunch. We've been great friends ever since. We not only have to avoid stereotyping, we may need to resist the temptation to take personally someone's communication style or attach a specific meaning to a facial expression. Accurately reading the signals a prospective friend sends out is critical if a friendship is to begin. Pat, a program administrator, tells about the first time she met Renee, 10 years ago when Renee started working at Pat's office. Pat said, I'm not sure why. Maybe it was the way she looked at me or something in her voice, but I got the immediate impression that she didn't like me. I couldn't figure out what I'd done, but I thought maybe I'd made some awful comment or something. But then one day, after I'd complained about something happening to me, she left a teddy bear by my door. I remember thinking, wow, this is a big deal. After that, she invited me to a party, and then it finally dawned on me. Okay, she likes me. Elise, a sales manager in her mid-30s, said that after Leslie, a roommate whom she had met through a matching service, moved into Elise's apartment, she said, I wouldn't have given an inch. I didn't know how she lived with me, actually. When Leslie came to be my roommate, I remember having all the issues with her. I remember her buying all these new placemats and me curling my lip and shoving them in a drawer. She was so full of life. She would always say, why don't you come hiking with me? I would respond with, honey, I like to sit in the cafe and write in my journal. And if I could smoke more cigarettes, I would. I don't want to go on a walk in nature. Leslie would always respond, okay, fine. 
The hilarious thing is that there was not one thing that she suggested I do with her that I didn't end up doing within a year. After their first meeting in the sorority, they both joined. Susan, now 27, and Catherine, now 25, would never have imagined that they would later become business partners and roommates. Susan says of Catherine, I thought she was stuck up because she was quiet. And Catherine said of Susan, She was so loud and obnoxious at our first meeting, she wanted to know everybody's story. After they graduated from college, they worked in retail and service industries and kept in touch through girls' nights out, which usually consisted of dinner or watching Melrose Place. As they got to know each other better, they both realized they did not feel respected in their jobs or as customers when they were shopping. So they decided to start their own store, a place where women could go, shop, hang out, and feel like we felt on our girls' night out. So they did. And two years later, they are best friends. And their store in San Francisco is a success. But how could it not be? It's called Girlfriends. She's as crazy as I am. An easy confidence arises when we seem to know that someone we've just met will understand our bizarre sense of humor or stupid jokes. We can boldly say something ridiculous and not be embarrassed. When 16-year-old Vanessa Carlisle met her zany, beautiful, artsy friend Jessica, they were sitting next to each other in an art class at school. I remember that we knew each other by name, but that was about all we knew of each other. We were working on a project that bored both of us. I picked up a piece of scratch paper and scribbled, why, on it. She turned it over and wrote, because it's all your fault. I giggled and found a new piece of paper and wrote, but I want to know why, and thus started a very creative correspondence on bits of artwork and scrap paper. Every day in our class, in between brush strokes, we created strange situations and the matching wisdom to deal with them. We discussed my love life using images of fence posts, old eyes, and trees on fire, and how sharp thoughts made up for dull pencils. We imagined societies where everyone appreciated themselves and their capability to be crazy. Many of the messages we wrote to each other were completely random phrases that had simply jumped into our minds at the time. Pebbles don't talk to boulders, even though they are the only ones who know the secret. But we both understood them and loved finding the connection between them. For Lucy, an 86-year-old great-grandmother who has finally decided to be a senior citizen, laughter initially created a barrier, then formed a central building block to an important friendship. My best friend as an adult was Jane. She has said that we've been friends for 30 years. I can't imagine it's been that long. We met at a luncheon at a woman's club. She at once started talking about the difficulties of her divorce. Her husband had left her for a mutual friend and raising three young children on her own. She told stories about coming home and finding her car gone, and another time finding all the furniture gone. Well, it all sounded like a soap opera, and I laughed. She shook her finger at me and informed me that it was no laughing matter. I told her I knew that and asked if she would have lunch with me the following week. I was sure she felt she never wanted to see me again, but she came to lunch anyway. That was long ago and we've been best friends ever since. She still does not know what to do with her three unmarried children, and she tells me all about it, and I still laugh. Then she sees the humor, and she laughs as well. I love her dearly, and in between her visits to me, we have long telephone calls and laugh. She is so very good in caring about me. 
Years ago, she brought me home to Fresno after I had a serious bout with cancer and cared for me until she felt I could take care of myself. What is funny for one person may make another shake her head in bewilderment. So finding another woman who shares our weird, twisted brand of humor, who giggles at the same places, or who laughs to the point of tears when we do is a special gift. In fact, a shared sense of humor can lead to the twin peak that Sue Thowell, author of A Woman's Book of Courage, shares with her best friend, Bonnie Hampton, a psychotherapist. Bonnie told us about communicating with Sue. Sometimes it almost feels like twin language in that I will say something and she knows exactly what I'm talking about and she just screeches and thinks I'm hilarious. And it probably wasn't a bit funny to anyone else. It has to do with understanding each other's secret language, understanding the metaphors. I could pull something out of some obscure book that I read. She may not have read the book, but she gets the metaphor and that's fabulous. Sharing a sense of humor lays the foundation for other more difficult communication. When we asked Sue and Bonnie how talking to each other helps when one of them is feeling blue, Sue responded, There are two things. First, it's to really be listened to. Second, it's the wit. In the most serious, most devastating moment, if there's a good line, we both go for it. It's understood and important that you go for the good line. The grief and the joy are always mixed up together. For me, that's what makes the friendship so solid. Bonnie agreed. I can call Sue and I can just be in a rage and pretty soon I'm laughing. Or she's laughing at me. And that's the fabulous part of it. The outrageous images of Vanessa and Jessica, Lucy's poking fun which annoys then amuses her friend Jane, and Bonnie and Sue's refusal to pass up the good line are all ways we keep each other laughing. Being crazy together can pull us through the tough times. So enjoy the laughs and give humor the honor it deserves. If we can keep each other laughing, we can keep each other sane. Okay, guys, that wraps it up for us this week. Man, this hour always seems to go by so quickly. It does. Way it too does. quickly, right? I need to extend, spin this to a, uh, a two-hour show, maybe. I'm okay I don't know, with that. right? <laughs> well, guys, we have some important things to remind you though before we head on out. Don't forget the Penners Conference is coming up April 21st and 22nd at the Cobb Galleria. All the beautiful and wonderful things about Pinterest are coming to life. More than 100 classes you can sign up for. Well, Maybe not all 100. You pick your favorites, right? <laughs> yes. Now, remember, if you want to sign up for my Eat More Chocolate class, and yes, we are giving away free chocolate in this mm-hmm. class, several kinds, you can go to pinnersconference.com, use promo code Jenny, that's G-I-N-N-Y, to get 10% off the class. And don't forget, we are giving away two two-class punch plat passes to classes. Yes. Okay, we're going to give away two of them. Okay. All right, so it's really a total of four classes. What it means is there will be two winners. All you have to do is be the first two people to email me at radio at southernsistershome.com. Tell me you want the Pinner's class passes, and I'll take care of it. Done, done, and done. And as always, guys, you know that our products on our website are, are, uh, what is it, 30% off with promo code SISTERS, S-I-S-T-E-R-S. Yes. We hope you have a great week. Y'all better. Yeah. To be real.